Hey, what's going on, everyone? This is Brian Porter, and we are here with the Porter Pickups Tonecast. Today, we have Barry Grawl from Mercy Me on the show, and we'll get to that conversation just in a little bit uh, that I had with Barry. We covered everything from how the band is dealing with uh, the virus and the story of how they they uh, shut it down and and recording an album in a pandemic and all sorts of fun stuff and and a very good conversation that we had with him and we had a lot of fun and talked a little bit of gear and bikes as well and so we'll we'll jump into that in just a minute um, before we get get to that though I do want to talk about our pickup chooser form this is a form on our website you can go to porterpickups.com you will see the pickup chooser and we talk about this in almost every episode because it's something that we want to do to help you to find a great sound for your guitar uh, via our pickups and and you fill this form out we basically will match you up with a set that has has been designed for the purpose that you might give us a couple clues in your your description and we'll we'll find you a perfect match uh, for your guitar and it's been really fun for us and and we've started doing this thing via email and we just just started getting feedback uh today from it actually where we we said show us your your guitar that you put our pickups in and and uh, we do hashtag Porter Loaded. If you're on Instagram, you can search that hashtag and see a lot of really cool guitars that our pickups have gone into. And uh, it's it's pretty awesome for me to see that and our team to see that, just uh, the variety of cool guitars that our stuff is ending up in and all over the world and, and just people uh, sending in these great shots of these guitars. And because we all love checking out cool guitars and, and knowing that we're a part of this uh, know, bigger community of uh, uh, music scene and and all that stuff that we're involved with. So thank you so much for sending those. Um, we've been getting uh, quite a bit of those recently, and that's been really really fun to to see that because we love we love knowing what you're doing with our product. We love knowing that uh, you're writing songs that you're you're inspired to play music because that's kind of the bigger purpose of why we do what we do. And and um, it's very encouraging for us as we deal with all sorts of other sometimes discouraging things in the, in the crazy music industry and small business world. Um, it's fun to, to, to have that feedback and, uh, you guys are awesome. We've, we've really appreciated your support. Um, this fall we have a ton of really, really cool stuff coming up and we've been hinting at it the last couple episodes. We've got, uh, some new products in some longer term projects that we're just starting on, um, which we'll see, we'll see how long those take. Um, we're finishing up a couple of really cool guitars this month as well. So if you're following us at, on our Instagram account at Porter Guitars, you'll be able to see some of those cool guitars that literally will be wa- launching within the uh, the week or so of this this episode dropping. So uh, we're really excited to share you with the, with you what we've been building over there and kind of just we got to this point of um, you know the pandemic pandemic hitting and everything kind of shutting down and. We kind of froze the guitar building for a while, but then we decided that we were going to build what we wanted to in terms of specs and options within our model categories. And and uh, I'm I'm really excited about what we're what we're coming up with. And that's something for us to just keep creating in the shop and keep going forward, um, keep building new stuff. And and so we're excited to uh, share more about those things that are coming up. You can check us out at porterpickups.com for those who are new listening. You can find us um, on Instagram, at Porter Pickups, uh, YouTube, all those good places. Check us out if you haven't. Um, we appreciate all the new the new followers and the new people that are kind of uh, getting to know our brand and our company. And that's one of the things we're doing with this podcast is letting people know kind of who we are and, and more about our team and what makes us tick. And, and that's kind of the, 
the bigger purpose uh, of this podcast. So I'm going to jump into that conversation I had with Barry right now and uh, Barry Grawl from Mercy Me. And uh, I think you'll enjoy kind of uh, hearing his perspective from, uh, from a band that was out touring a whole bunch and then all of a sudden everything froze. So let's go to that conversation right now. All right. So we're here with Barry Grawl from Mercy Me. Barry, how are you today? I am doing great. Good man, it's it's good to have you on the show. I know we've been we've been trying to schedule this for a couple of weeks here, and and it just hasn't worked out. Um, you guys have been probably pretty busy this summer, and with uh, at least with recording, maybe not uh, not playing shows at this moment. But um, maybe start out with uh, just an introduction uh, about yourself and and your band for those who may not know who you play with, and and kind of give us the uh, the rundown there. Uh, yeah, I um. I moved to Nashville in 88 uh, to be a sideman and just, you know, working guitar player. And uh, so years later then, uh, in 2003, I joined the band Mercy Me. And uh, that's what I'm with currently. And, um, yeah, it's been it's been great. Nice. A long so, 15, 16 years. Yeah, yeah, that's a, a long time good, to be. <laughs> good long, yeah. <laughs> a long, long time. time. So, the, so the sideman thing, talk <clears throat> to me about kind of that um, – you know, was it kind of the chase the dream, move to Nashville, see if you can make it kind of deal, or what was the, what was kind of the story uh, of that? Yeah, pretty much. Um, I, I just I had grown up playing playing in clubs and uh, stuff like that. You know, cover bands. Uh, one night, like like right out of high school, and uh, and uh, then I got into Christian music. Um, I never heard of it before, and a, a buddy of mine. Uh, from the church down the street from us uh, introduced me to it. And, um, and uh, you know, it's just, uh, it, it was a culmination of just everything together. Just at that point in my life, I was, I, I didn't want to play secular music anymore. And I was kind of going down the path of uh, researching all the, and investigating, investigating Christian music uh, because I was like, you know, I didn't know what it was. It was, it was early. It was, um, you know, early eighties <clears throat> or, uh, mid eighties probably. But so long story short, I just, I felt the call to, uh, I, I used to go to all the shows that came to town Any any Christian music show that I could go to back in the day, um, I'm, and your listeners may not know who I'm talking about, but Bashing the Code, the uh, Garmo and Key, Mylon Lefevre, um, just a lot of lot of different artists and bands. Uh, Bashing the Code being the one that, for some reason, they used to play at this one church. It seemed like three times a year, which was weird. It probably wasn't, but it seemed it seemed that way. So my brother and I would go all the time, and their guitar player was Mark Townsend, who which is really funny. I ended up playing with in DC talk years later, nice. but so I would, I would somehow just go down front after the show and just try to talk to whoever I could possibly talk to just to see how do you, how do you do what you do? How do you get into that? And, um, it was really funny. Everybody said, you got to move to Nashville. You got to move to Nashville and you got to stay there at least seven years. <laughs> what, <laughs> which i've 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 told before in another podcast with someone else but it really is the truth 
It was like they had all gotten together and agreed, all right, this is what we're going to tell people. <laughs> so if you, if, you, if you can hack it for seven years, then you're... If you can hack it for... And I t- I, when, I, uh, I, when I first moved to Nashville, I, I was working at Opryland Hotel, just an odd job, you know, for about a year and three months before I got my first gig. And, you know, there were people who that, just like me, moved here to chase the dream. And, man, like... They were done after like a year and a half. They're like, eh, nothing's happening. I'm going to go back to Ohio or Indiana, wherever they were from. And I was like, man, you got to stick it out. You got to stick it out. So I persevered and uh, it it turned out to be pretty good. But it was, uh, you know, it was just the time spent with all those people just talking to them about, you know, you know, because they were in the bands that I would go see because they were a lot like me, you know, they're like, well, I'm not from Nashville. I moved, I moved from Nashville, you know, from California or whatever, but I stuck it out and, you know, and it worked, it worked out. So that, that's what I was hoping for. So I did on a, on a, on a dime in, in 88, just, um, which is kind of weird. It's weird how it happened. My, my wife and I, used to work with the youth at our church and we took them to uh, a place, a Baptist conference center called Ridgecrest. And it's uh, outside of Asheville, North Carolina. And Chris Rice happened to be the worship leader there. And Chris didn't have a record deal or anything like that yet, but I met him, became friends with him. And he offered for me to come stay with him in Nashville at some point if I ever thought I might want to. So I think it was about six months later, I hit him up and I said, Hey, I'm coming to Nashville. Can I stay with you? So I did, I came to Nashville, got a feel for it, for it. Just, you know, I think I spent probably about three days here and I really dug it. It was, uh, you know, he drove me all around town and showed me this and that. And I was like, that's pretty cool place. You know, I mean, how much can you, can you, really gather in three days yeah. i don't know I was, yeah. you know <laughs> so uh so then i uh i ended up coming back and finding a place to live which was really which was really cool because it happened to be across the street from my wife's cousins who lived in nashville at the time so i kind of had family here and uh so that was that was really awesome and then uh, so then I worked, like I said before, I worked at Opryland Hotel for about about a year and three months, and then I got my first Christian music gig with a guy named Rick Kua, and I've been playing ever since. <laughs> nice, yeah. So, so one thing you said about that, we talked to some some friends that that didn't stick it out. What was it that um, was in you that that you were like? Were you just so stubborn that you couldn't? see yourself doing anything else or kind of what was it that, that kept you, you know, I don't know where you're changing bed sheets at the hotel or whatever, but what, uh, what kept you going there? Uh, you know, it was the, because I had started to meet people and I started to develop, and that's another thing. It wasn't like, I mean, it's different for everybody, but you know, certain people would tell me it's like, it's all relational. It's all about relationships. And I had started to, Meet people in the in the you know the music business guys they were working with Michael W Smith and people like that and it was a uh, 
it, it was just a, I, I was beginning to really enjoy myself here. And I was like, I'm not leaving. It's, it's, I haven't even given it enough time yet. Basically that, that's what it boiled down to. Other people were just like, eh, if it didn't happen in a year, I'm out. Yeah. Yeah. I guess are. that was their mindset. So yes, I, I, I was, I, I would did to, totally just did not want to give up because I felt like it was a true calling for me to come down here and do what I was doing. And, and, uh, so I was, yeah, man, I was going to stick it out. Awesome. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, once you start becoming friends with people in the, you, you know, once you live here for a little bit, you know, and that goes, just goes for any place. You start becoming part of the, you know, the culture here and, and, you know, learning this and that. And, you know, I was like, the very, the very first thing I did learned, which didn't take too long was how bad of a guitar player I was. (laughs) 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 That I could, I could really use some, uh, I could really use a little bit of education. So um, I started taking more lessons, uh, more, more than the, anything I did in Baltimore. Um, My wife started working at Belmont College. Then it was Belmont College. Now it's Belmont University. And so I took theory classes there, took private instruction, beginning golf. (laughs) (laughs) Beginning golf. Well, it got me swinging twice a week, so I was was really happy about that. (laughs) Is is there even an option to go to like intermediate golf or is it just like beginning golf is it well it just sounds funny to me i don't know why i don't even know if they had intermediate golf (laughs) (laughs) no one ever got that far the teacher must have been bad right man we used to hit cars in the parking lot it was terrible (laughs) (laughs) nice nice so yeah and then then at that point you also realized the golf was not uh not in the cars either right I was not going to go the way of golf. Nope. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, let's talk about, let's talk a little bit about, um, you know, we've been doing this, uh, this podcast and kind of talking with people who have gone through this mess and are continuing to go through this virus, uh, mess. And let's talk about that first time. Cause I believe you guys were on the road, kind of the first sort of like, Hey, we might have to shut this thing down. Um, talk to me about kind of when you got the news and kind of that whole, uh, that whole scene there, if you will. Some of it's a little blurry, but we we were we were on our tour and we had three weekends left to go, and uh, so we go. Basically, our tours are Thursday through Sundays, when we're home every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So we had gone back out for a Thursday show. It was a Thursday or Friday. Thursday. It was a Thursday show in Pensacola, Florida, the night before. Um, the NBA had uh, shut down. Oh, okay. Had called it quits. And so <clears throat> we got fully set up the next day. Um, you know, and there's a lot of rumblings going on. It's like, you know, everybody talking. Honestly, I don't remember paying that much attention to the virus until after we stopped playing. Then I came home and watched the news for a solid week. And then I weaned myself off the news. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but but uh, it, it was, um, I guess we got set up, you know, and usually we're fully set up by, I don't know, two in the afternoon or so. And and then we were like, you know what? The NBA called it the night before. <clears throat> um, and we play in a lot of hockey arenas 
as far, you know, as well as basketball arenas and stuff. And so we're like, hockey's probably going to be next. We should probably make a call and not do the show or, uh, or we'll hear about it later. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Because, yeah. because the awareness was happening that, you know, maybe people shouldn't be so close together. So if we did the show that night, who knows what the repercussions would have been, you know, with our fans or whatnot. Sure. And sure. so I, I think we made the smart call and, and we called it, packed it up. And when the bus drivers got there that night, we left about midnight and came home and have been home ever since. Yeah, that's crazy. So, <laughs> so you guys sort of made, it wasn't necessarily directed to you guys. You kind of made the call yourselves essentially, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's. Crazy. I mean, I, I believe that our manager and other people were checking the temperature, so to speak, around the country with other artists, and if other people were canceling, if you know, and stuff like that. Um, I'm pretty sure that we checked with the city too, um, and they may have shut us down later that day. I don't know, but. Um, so as as far as I know, we made the call yeah. just to say, you know what, it's it's, a, it's smart, smart just to do that, and um, and then everybody got a big vacation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so so you guys were also in the middle of of writing an album, is that correct? You guys are still working yeah. on that album. I, I believe it's not officially released yet, but you guys did did release kind no. of a quarantine. Uh, release there so maybe talk about kind of that dynamic of you know where the album was in the process and and did this cause some delays and and creative uh creative well, thinking we, i guess we started the album i'm pretty sure it was last january so it's uh may uh, so what are we in a year and a half into it? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Something so like that. I don't, there's no, yeah, there's no time anymore for anyone. So there's, there, <laughs> there really isn't, there really isn't. Um, and so yeah, we kind of piecemealed it for a while. Didn't work on it for a long, long time. Um, and then, uh, you know, and then when this happened, we're like, well, I mean, we were always going to put it out. Um, but now we have to finish it. So, um, so we actually have been working on it pretty, pretty steadily. Um, we didn't really know because, because you tour to support a record normally. Yeah. Right. Um, so we, you know, we were planning, we're, we were hoping that we were going to tour in the fall. That's not going to happen. So, <clears throat> so we were thinking the release might happen around that. So now it's like, well, the release isn't going to happen now. So we we're not really sure. Mm -hmm. it, we're not, so everything's a little up in the air because you know we're not sure when we're actually going to tour next. So. We're just uh, we're in a studio about every every couple of weeks. Um, Robbie, the drummer, he still lives in Fort Worth, so we have to coordinate when he's going to fly in, spend four or five days tracking, and uh, and I think 
I think we have about 40 songs that we may track. Wow. Um, wow. And yeah, so we're going to, we're going to do some, I don't, it's not really set in concrete yet, but I, we're going to do, do um, some pretty specialized releases. We're going to do a fair amount of video stuff because we have the time and we'll probably start a lot of that in the fall. So not sure when the next single will come out. So really we've had, we've had, we've, well, almost home was technically on this record. Uh, Hurry up and wait is technically on this record. So we're two singles in. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) you know. And so then, in the middle of all that, you know, everybody were were, was doing all these online videos and stuff. You know, everybody getting together individually, recording themselves. You know, and so we started doing that. um, The the quarantine. We call ourselves the Quarantones. Yes, nice. <laughs> yes, yes, the Quarantones. But that makes you sound like uh, like the barbershop singers, which... It, it kind of does. It's a little 50s, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> a little bit, <laughs> or 40s yeah. 40s or 50s, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we had fun doing that. Um, I kind of got tired of... I'm kind of tired of watching watching the video thing with all the other artists. It's just not the same, you yeah. know? Yeah. So, and... So, so we didn't really we didn't jump into it and just you know record a ton of those we we did a handful and and uh a couple were used for some other things but but it was fun it was fun doing it it's fun trying to get it to sound good <laughs> yeah what well, and and i imagine I, I imagine it's like your your whole routine is thrown off because you're used to being gone in the summer <clears throat> playing shows and you're used to that you like you said the thursday through the sunday thing and and now it's just like wait we have all the time in the world to make videos or to record and and so has that been kind of like energizing for you guys or has it worn you down or a little bit of a little bit of both what's the kind of the vibe within the band members no like uh the energizing part now is uh that we have to finish a record and so that's that's keeping us going right now. And just just having a creative outlet because we're not playing live, which you know we all enjoy. So the the energizing thing is is our you know record company going. You still have to finish your record, and so we're <laughs> going to finish the record. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah. So yeah, that's very energizing that we that we get to work. We have our own studio, and so we can go in there whenever whenever we want and. Robbie comes in, we knock it out for a week, and then Mike will go in the following week and do a day or two of guitar overdubs and stuff, and then they, you know, work on vocals. But it's it's still going to be a, a fairly long process. We have a lot of songs to weed through, but yeah, man, it's uh, it's definitely energizing. We we enjoy it. That's cool. So has yeah. any of the songwriting dynamics changed much from what kind of? I mean, it sounds like you guys are still still have a a great opportunity to get together and write and create and and that kind of stuff but like as from the from the guitar player side you and mike do you guys usually come up with a riff and then a song might start that way or is it always is it always different you know i mean it's been different every record um we've definitely it it evolves kind of every every record a little bit um especially since the way we used to do it, uh, you know, back in 
I don't know, 2005, 2006, um, because you can kind of get in a rut and you don't want to do the same thing all the time, the same way. You know what I mean? So we still, yeah, Mike and I will we'll still, you know, come in with riffs or, you know, ideas, but now it's because the, the music's changed a little bit so that it's not so rock. So that it's a little more programmed, a little more poppy. So it it's, I, we rely heavily on the groove. And so if something doesn't have a really great groove, you know, um, well, we'll either work on it or we'll throw it out. And, you know, but so it does start with a lot of, uh, I wouldn't say a lot, but a fair amount of programming and, and loops and stuff like that. Then we put live drums on that or, or replace with live drums, just depending on, uh, the song itself, what, what, you know, kind of what dictates. Yeah. So but, the, the technology is, has aided some of the songwriting process then it sounds like. Oh, Oh yeah, man. Like, well, uh, Ted T is actually helping us out on this record, uh, as well as Brown Bannister, both of them together and, um, with some other producers and writers, but, uh, you know, like Ted will go in the other room and he'll come back, uh, he'll come back with this loop that he made on his iPad and it's killer. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so it's like, you know, wherever the inspiration comes from, if it's great, it's great. So, you know, yeah. whether that's an acoustic guitar or, you know, a lot of techno stuff off an iPad or something. Yeah. So, so, so when yeah. You... So, so because it's, if it, if it excites you, then it's good, you know, it, if it makes us want to move forward, then then we like it and it's it's good. So we'll keep it. That's cool. So just different yeah. ways, different ways of even recording little ideas uh, from all over the place. It sounds like it ends up oh. being a song someday. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. Yep. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes you can't even tell what instrument it is because you know you're so messed up. But. <laughs> still, it's still exciting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's cool. You know? And but and Mike, Mike and I, you know, we get to we get to play plenty of guitar. So there's, you know, we in all of that, the theme is we want to keep it bandy because we're a band. Yeah, yeah. You know, we're not we're not going full crisp, clean pop. You know, it's gonna it's gonna sound like a band. You know, it might be a little more polished than you know we used to be. Um, I think the last two records we we were on that same kind of a kind of a train. So so to keep the band theme is is uh is definitely one thing we, we have to do. But at the same time we want to make, you know, great music. So yeah, yeah that's awesome. So when you're t- speaking of kind of kind of you've been in the band for a long time and you go on these tours, well, well when you when you're able to go on tours at least, uh, how do you decide <laughs> having so so big of a catalog of songs um kind of how have you decided lately you know what which ones are we going to play because we don't have time to play all of them obviously um how does that work is it is it just kind of a gut feel with the band before each tour or each night or how does that how does that normally work no it's usually it's usually each tour because you get so locked in because of the um the production that we use you know and the content the videos you know, the lyric, lyric videos, stuff like that. So we, 
we usually decide fairly early on uh, before the tour and um, get a running set list. We might change a couple things up once we get out there, um, see how see how it feels, the flow and everything. It might just be an order change or we might add a song, take away a song, stuff like that, depending on how the night goes. But it's, um, you know, it's, I think we're all pretty smart at this point. We've been doing it for so long. It's, we're not going to play. I mean, we definitely have so many singles, but you know, that would be a four hour show. Yeah. So, so we definitely, um, by and large, I would just say we probably play the more current ones, maybe a couple old, old things thrown in, but, um, I would, yeah, definitely, definitely more current than, than the old stuff. Yeah. So that's pretty, so, and we, and we, we pretty much all know that personally going into it. So it's not a big, it's not a big uh, decision. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I think I, the last time I saw you guys, I remember Bart saying something about like, Hey, we're, we're not going to make all you happy because we'll probably forget one song. So this is what we're playing tonight. Hope you like it. It's true. It's true. I mean, well, and, you know, if, if a certain song, does what it needs to do you know what i mean then you don't want to do a song that's 10 years old that could also do that you know what i mean right you you know what i mean emotionally or whatever you're trying to whatever we're trying to get across at that point in the night it's like yeah you have to make a decision we're gonna go with the new stuff (laughs) yeah yeah definitely yeah so i've seen i've seen some kind of um you know working with one of the venues here i see there's some some tentative schedules for uh, early next year for a tour for you guys. Is that kind of just because you have to schedule that far in, in advance? Is it a little bit of a hope and a prayer that, that we'll be back having concerts by then or kind of, kind of how has that decision process been with, with management and the band? Uh, man, at this point, yeah, it is, uh, it's a hope and a prayer that we're going to be able to get back out there. Um, I'm sure that we have rescheduled, things that have uh, been on the books that have been canceled so that's probably what that is sure, that makes sense that makes sense. yeah 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 well let's uh, let's transition to uh something that that you and i both like uh which is bike riding uh riding oh, I, thought you, I thought you're gonna say guitars <laughs> well we do like guitars <laughs> but I, I, okay well let's let's get to the bike riding in just a second but i do have okay. one quick uh gear question because this is uh, called the Tone Cast. We probably should talk about guitar tone before bikes, even though you know we both like those hey, those things equally. Hey, hey, bikes have a tone. They do. <laughs> they do. <laughs> so let's talk about um, maybe current. Uh, I know you've got a lot. You play a lot of instruments on stage, but let's talk about current favorite. Maybe a couple electric guitars that you have, and then kind of just a quick highlight of of your current rig right now, like maybe the amp and the pedals that you. You don't have to go through every patch cable or anything like that, but if I kind of talk about uh, some of your favorite things you're jamming on right now. Uh, yeah, my, my, my rig pretty much is, I mean, I, I change it fairly often. I, I would say that I'd normally change it fairly often. I've had, I've had pretty much the same setup now for a few tours um, with a little bit of rotation. Um, my guitars, uh, I mean, Mike and I play a plethora of guitars. Um, I would say probably some of my, 
my few favorites right now are I, I always I will always play a Les Paul. Um a uh I've got an LSL strat. Um it's called the Satakoi. <clears throat> and what I love about that is they they will make your neck whatever specs you want. And so mine is not such a severe fender radius. Uh, so it's, it's more Gibson-y flat and man, and it plays like butter. Like literally it's the, it's, it's the, it's the guitar I own that has the best action ever. It's incredible. You can really burn on it. Like, like I could, you know, uh, like my Charvels or Ibanez back in the day, you know, these <clears throat> these have more flat radius, and so there's, you know, because my '71 Tele has a severe radius on it, and you know, you do bends and they die out, and it's just the action just it's not as good. Uh, all depends on what you want to do. Um, my Veritas is a great great guitar, man. It's got great tones. They wind their own pickups and. Uh, Really, really good stuff. And so, you know, I love playing my 335, uh, my SG that I've had since 78. Uh, I still play that once in a while. Love it. Plays plays great. Um, my pedal board, I used to use a, back in the day, I used to use a Bradshaw. And I don't know if anyone knows what a Bradshaw is. Custom Audio Electronics. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat> and So it's an absolute monster to drag around these days um or any time but so i had a huge rack with with two heads in it that came out to two cabs it wasn't stereo i would i just would utilize it utilize both heads um in a a b situation or just pick and choose um for different tones and stuff like that and so it's a it's a midi you know setup well now you know, with, they have all these MIDI pedal boards, and uh, so I use a Mastermind PBC, and um, so now you know they have like basically my Bradshaw sits in front of me, which I'm sure a lot of people use nowadays, but it's incredible. Um, and so that's you know having you know just be able to change change tone at the you know go from you know saturated fuzz with you know reverb and delay or something like that to a dry clean with a compressor uh in one step of a button it's there, there's nothing better yeah no yeah. more yeah you know, i i can't stand dancing on pedals <laughs> yeah <laughs> and just, I see, you know yeah, some of those guys have those some, things jammed together too where it's like their their pedal boards are huge they look like yeah. you know spaceships but but how do you get if you're fat footed? You know how do you actually <laughs> hit all those buttons in the right combination without tripping over it? Well, I mean the the, the first thing that came out, I think, uh, was the you know everybody just plugged plugged their pedals into the into you know the loops, and then you know it was just a switching system. It wasn't necessarily MIDI. It would just turn you know turn the pedals on and off. And so that you're still stepping on, you're still stepping on multiple buttons, um, in my opinion. Um, so I didn't want to go that route. So I jumped right into the PBC and it's, uh, because I was like, man, I want a Bradshaw at my feet. Um, and so I love that. Um, 
amp wise, um, right now I'm using Tyler amps. Um, I use an HM18 and a PT14, and uh, I use them both together. And uh, it sounds, I don't run stereo, <clears throat> but I, I blend the two mono in my ears. And um, man, I love it. Uh, the PT, the PT14 is, and I have a lot of amps, but it is one of the most usable amps. I don't know if I use anything different on the record. I think I use my, I have a, a JMI. Um, and I use that once in a while, but man, it, it's just, it's so great. It just really is great. Uh, it's one of my favorite amps ever since I've gotten it. And, uh, I, I can't stop using it. I had my, I had my, uh, 100 Mar Marshall. I have a 78 Marshall, uh, out for a while. And then I, I, I took that away and, and, uh, because I always had the PT and I was blending the Marshall and the PT together. And so the, then I, I ditched the Marshall and then put the HM18 in and man, that's the, so great sounding together so yeah. That's cool. yeah and so that that's basically it pedals man i you know swap pedals out all the time <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's why it's like i always hesitate to ask people that because they're like well actually last week it was this and then this week yeah. i've got four new ones from last week and i'm like well i can't you know i can't keep track <laughs> well i do use the uh I do use a, uh, the Strymon stuff. Um, that that's pretty stable, but man, I will swap overdrives, you know, just like you said, weekly. <laughs> yeah. So what's yeah. been on your, what's been on your board the longest and a tuner pedal doesn't count. Oh man. The longest. That is probably going to be my barber limited. Do you know what a barber pedal is? Yeah, I've heard of them before. Yeah, man, that is I lo I love the overdrive in that. Um, I can't I can't seem to take it off the board. <laughs> nice. I've tried. I've taken it off and I've replaced <laughs> it with something, and yeah. it always goes back. So yeah, that's been there a long time. That's yeah. awesome. That's that's yeah. always a good sign because yeah, you do try to. You know, it's as guitarists, you're always like, well, I do, there's got to be something better. And then you end up wanting the pedal you put on there. You try to tweak it to sound like the pedal you just took off. And you're like, you're like, wait, wait, wait. I'm going to put the pedal back on. Yeah, What's exactly. Just, it's because you just spent money on that other pedal. I know. I know. You're trying to justify <laughs> the purchase. And, and But see, the, P, the PBC Mastermind has a tuner in it. So oh, okay. I'm, I'm saving, saving real estate by nice. having that. So, That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, yeah, let's jump into the, the, the last little part, just um, kind of the bike riding thing. Um, I think that, um, you know, I, I, I follow you a little bit in, in the bike riding area and you're a road biker, I'm a mountain biker. So, so we kind of are, are uh, pseudo -rival, I a, rivals, I guess. Yeah, I, I was know. a mountain biker for a day. There you go. Yeah, for one day. Yeah. <laughs> so, so for those that, that we're talking about, we uh, when the Mercy Me was out here in tour, I think it was last year or sometime. Uh, we went Barry and I went mountain biking together and just kind of drug him out on some some pretty fun trails. You know, being being the road bike guy and taking him on the mountain bike trails. It was a uh, it was a blast. We had a good time and and uh, brought you into our world a little bit, I guess. <laughs> the <laughs> it downhill. Was a, it was a blast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember you hit a route and you actually had suspension on your bike and you went right over the route and you thought you were going to die. But 
you actually it was had, pretty amazing. Yeah, you yeah. actually the bike yeah. actually took all of the of the shock. But but talk to me a little bit about because I think this is something that um, that we both kind of um, relate to a little bit with doing something that you know guitar is fun, music is fun, and it's it's never really it's never really boring at all. But but talk to me about like that whole doing something that is not music. And kind of the the value of of walking away for a little bit and then coming back. Sure, I, I think that it's um, it's it's the whole headspace thing and and the contrast of getting away, feeding your feeding your your body something else. You know what I mean? Besides besides all this techno stuff and music and 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 I don't listen to any music when I ride my bike because that would be stupid. Yeah, <laughs> I want to hear. I want to hear. I want to hear the traffic. <laughs> yeah, and um, and so, yeah, man, it's uh, it 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 feeds my soul. It really does. It um, I do it for health. I do it for mental health. I do it for physical health. Um, and and the contrast between doing that and then coming in and working on music. I love when I, uh, before we go in the studio, sometimes I'll get up and ride really early and, and, uh, it doesn't happen too often, but when I do, I enjoy it. Um, depending on what time we have to go in the studio, but, and so to get up and work out and to have a great, have a great ride and enjoy the outdoors. Uh, and then contrastly, you go in, go indoors for the rest of the day and do music and man, it's just something that feels great about it. And it's just being able to get to do both things. And, you know, not that they, not that they're anything like each other, but um, just to be able to have the contrast between, you know, biking and then doing something different, playing music. Um, Man, I, I, I love it. I really do love it. And it's, it, it does, it does, it, it gives, it makes my day better. Um, you know, I feel like it makes my studio time better when I, when I get on my bicycle first and, you know, and for some people, you know, that's running, you know, or mountain biking. <laughs> Those people that don't do real sports, right? That's what you're, you're implying. <laughs> no, I'm not saying that at all. <laughs> uh so yeah man it's uh i i love it i've been doing it for a long time yeah that's awesome i i I feel the same way it's kind of the the combination of exercise and and oftentimes we'll go with a couple buddies so it's kind of like the the hangout time and then it's also the efficiency of of getting all those things done at one time so then so then you can go into work and get you know build the pickups or the guitars or or play the music and, and, and yeah, I get, I get the, the mental thing has been more uh, apparent for me just as it's like, you know what, if, if there's all this stuff going on, I need to be clear headed. I need to be able to focus and, and, you know, being for me, being up in the woods and being, you know, stuck on a trail is, is, is pretty awesome just to, to like have no noise. I mean, the noise of the, you know, the birds basically is, is about it. And, and then that really kind of just, it, it's a refresher. I think, you know, you, you're yeah. like, okay, I'm ready to, to tackle my day. And, um, sometimes ideas will come. I don't know if music ideas will come on those rides, but sometimes I'll get an idea for even just like, oh, we should, 
do this or um but but honestly most of the time i'm i'm able to just shut everything off and yeah, and kind of yeah. forget responsibilities for for an hour and a half or something something like that but uh yeah it's definitely yeah. the same way for me yeah i mean you know it's 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 really good alone time uh with just me and god yeah you know sometimes and you know uh usually i have other people around me because i ride with i ride with a group um, not all the time I do solo rides, but I tell you one, one of the best times on the bicycle is when the wind is at your back and no one's talking and all you can hear because you're, because of the speed you're going, you can't hear the wind. It's not going fast, faster than you. And all you hear are the road tires. That's it. It's, it's an unbelievable sound. Yeah. It's you know nobody's nobody's chains or anything squeaking because <laughs> that because somebody will call you out if it is yeah <laughs> right. but uh, it's it's unbelievable and man I can zone out listening to that but um, that's incredible but and I, I ride with a bunch of retired people and man when I want to ride when I'm 74 like they are because that's you know that that keeps me going too yeah. That's cool. Yeah, same similar yeah. here. Just kind of being, you know, hearing the sound of uh, tires on a dirt. And for me, it's not riding with the wind; it's riding down a hill. But same principle of, you know, just just ripping down something and be like, that was <laughs> that was really fun. And yeah, that's that's awesome. Well, I'm glad that and living and living, you you live yes. and then you get to go to work <laughs> <laughs> for the most part, except for that separated shoulder last year. But other than oh. that, you know, yeah. <laughs> That's it's it's literally like the one year anniversary of the uh, separation of the shoulder and and thankfully we uh, have enough of a crew where like obviously didn't work on any guitars for that couple of weeks and and it was my right shoulder so I'm I'm trying to like solder left handed and it's just terrible I'm like I need to get some people to help me help me uh, do a couple of these things but I could you know I could type out emails <laughs> with one one finger kind of thing and oh my goodness so that was uh, yeah that was but that was hard you know you're down on the couch and you can't. You can't ride your bike and kind of get uh, get a little bummed out, and it's kind of like when you go through the winter. Sometimes you're like, "Oh, it's just I wish I could ride today, but it's yeah. too you know it's too cold or icy or whatever it is." And um, yeah, the re- the reason I know why I love it is because if I've had two days off, oh man, I'm losing it. I'm like, oh, <laughs> you're grumpy, you you're, just gr- you're grumpy, and you don't <laughs> want to be around get you. The, get yeah. depressed three days. Oh <laughs> man, that's even worse. That's that's <laughs> awesome. Well, hey, but- you mentioned. You mentioned real quick, you mentioned me, uh, or you mentioned coming up with ideas on your bicycle years yes. ago. I had an idea, a melody idea, and I grabbed my phone out of my pocket, out of my jersey to, to sing, and I hit a rock and <laughs> I went down hard. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm talking road rash all up my left side. I, I tore my labrum in my shoulder. It was horrible. So I've never gotten out my phone out again to sing a so you sing kept, an idea in it ever. You kept writing and tried to <laughs> you tried to do the melody while you kept writing. I I did. I was <laughs> I was still pedaling. I just happened to go. I, I was I was going through this uh, spot where they were doing construction, and I my front tire hit hit a huge rock, and man, it laid oh, me gosh. out in a second. Oh no, yeah, it was bad. It so, was really so bad. So the construction workers are seeing this. This guy in no, spandex on his bike <laughs> humming a melody into his phone. They're like, what's, and it's hitting the pavement. What's wrong with this guy? 
<laughs> was it a good melody? Did it become a song, or did it become something? Man, I don't, I don't, I don't even know if I, I don't even know if I remember singing it into the phone. It just happened so fast. Yeah, yeah. It was like because you know, just always ride with two hands. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Can't you have like a Siri like record your melody or something like that? I'm sure there's better ways to do it now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just stop and record it. That's probably smart. <laughs> So if, if any if anyone's listening, don't ride yeah, your bike you, and sing melodies into your phone. You kids out there, none yeah. of that. That's right. That's right. Back in my day, we used to try to Back do melodies. We used to try to do melodies while we were riding. That's awesome. Uh, well, well, yeah. Barry, I appreciate having you on the show today, and um, hey, thanks. Enjoyed it so much, and and. Um, for those who would like to check out Mercy Me, um, maybe drop a couple of the website links, uh, any other socials or anything like that you've got. To go ahead and hit us with those. Uh, MercyMe.org. That's a big one. Um, and that's that's probably that's probably the biggest one. Cool, and they can find the rest of the uh, the yeah, YouTube's you can, you and Instagrams all and all that stuff. Instagrams and stuff. Yeah, it's, it's all on there. So. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks so much, Barry. Glad to have you on the show today. And uh, it's good to hear kind of your perspective uh, navigating this whole thing as we all are. And and hopefully for those who are listening, that it was a, was a beneficial conversation just kind of hearing all sides of the of the, the bigger story. Yeah. 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 Thanks, man. It's been a it's been a blast. Thanks for having me on. Definitely. Thanks for coming on. All right. So that was my conversation with Barry from Mercy Me. Thanks so much to him for coming on the show and just sharing his unique perspective. Um Enjoyed the part about his journey from arriving in Nashville and trying to make it. And so many guitarists um, who want to make it uh, have, you know, have that perseverance in their mind to, to uh, continue on and to keep going. And so I enjoyed that conversation very much with him. And we look forward to having more guests on these shows. We are booking guests for the next couple of weeks here and really excited to let you know uh, some of the people that we really enjoy in the industry. And again, if you have any suggestions for people that might um, might be a good fit on the show and you'd like to hear from, uh, let us know. If you have a connection there that we that would make it easier for us to get them on the show, that's awesome. If not, we'll go ahead and try to reach out to them and create that conversation. But uh, we do appreciate all of you for listening to this podcast and, um, again, for your support of, of our business and, and kind of what we're doing here. So we'll catch you next time on the show.